0: You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. Remember Friday, March the 14th, 2008. It was the day the dream of global free market capitalism died. For three decades, we had moved towards market-driven financial systems. By its decision to rescue Bear Stearns, the Federal Reserve, the institution responsible for monetary policy in the U.S., chief protagonist of free-market capitalism, declared that era over. It showed, indeed, its agreement with the remark by Joseph Ackerman, chief executive of Deutsche Bank, that I no longer believe in the market's self-healing power. Deregulation has reached its limits. Mine is not a judgment on whether the Fed was right to rescue Bear Stearns from bankruptcy. I do not know whether the risks justified the decision's not only to act as lender of last resort to an investment bank, but to take credit risk on the Fed's books. But the officials involved are serious people. They must have had good reasons for their decisions. They can surely point to the dangers of the times, a crisis that Alan Greenspan, former chairman of the Federal Reserve, calls, and I quote, the most wrenching since the end of the Second World War, and the role of bare stones as well in these fragile markets. Mine is more a judgement on the implications of the Fed's decision. Put simply, Bear Stearns was deemed too systemically important to fail. This view was, it is true, reached in haste at a time of crisis. But times of crisis are precisely when new functions emerge, notably the practices associated with the lender of last resort function of central banks in the 19th century. The implications of this decision are evident. There will have to be far greater regulation of such institutions. The Fed has provided a valuable form of insurance to the investment banks. Indeed, that is already evident from what has happened in the stock market since the rescue. The other big investment banks have enjoyed sizable jumps in their share prices. This is moral hazard made visible. The Fed decided that a money market strike against investment banks is the equivalent of a run-on deposits in a commercial bank. It concluded that it must, for this reason, open the monetary spigots in favour of such institutions. Greater regulation must be on the way. The lobbies of Wall Street will, it is true, resist onerous regulation of capital requirements or liquidity after this crisis is over. They may even succeed. But intellectually, this position is now untenable. Systemically important institutions must pay for any official protection they receive, their ability to enjoy the upside on the risks they run while shifting parts of the downside onto society at large must be restricted. This is not just a matter of simple justice, though it is that too, it is also a matter of efficiency. An unregulated but subsidised casino will not allocate resources well. Moreover, that subsidisation does not now apply only to shareholders, but to all creditors. Its effect is to make the costs of funds unreasonably cheap. These grossly misaligned incentives must be tackled. I greatly regret the fact that the Fed thought it necessary to take this step. Once upon a time, I had hoped that securitization would shift a substantial part of the risk-bearing outside the regulated banking system where governments would no longer need to intervene. That has proved a delusion. A vast amount of risky, if not downright fraudulent lending promoted by equally risky finance, has made securitized markets highly risky themselves. This has damaged institutions, notably bear stands, that operated intensively in these markets. Yet the extension of the Fed safety net to investment banks is not the only reason this crisis must mark a turning point in attitudes to financial liberalization. So too is the mess in the US, and perhaps quite soon several other developed countries' housing markets, Ben Bernanke, Fed Chairman, famously understated, described much of the subprime mortgage lending of recent years as, in his words, neither responsible nor prudent, in a speech whose details make one's hair stand on end. This is Fed speak for criminal and crazy. Again, this must not happen again, particularly since the losses imposed on the financial system by such lending could yet prove enormous. The collapse in house prices Rising defaults and foreclosures will affect millions of voters. Politicians will not ignore their plight, even if the result is a costly bailout of the imprudent. But the aftermath will surely be much more regulation than today's. If the US itself has passed the high-water mark of financial deregulation, this will have wide global consequences. Until recently, it was possible to tell the Chinese, the Indians, or those who suffered significant financial crises in the past two decades, that there existed a financial system both free and robust. That is, alas, the case no longer. It will be hard indeed to persuade such countries that the market failures revealed in the U.S. and other high-income countries are not a dire warning. If the U.S., with its vast experience and resources, was unable to avoid such traps, Why, they will surely ask, should we expect to do any better? These longer-term implications for attitudes to deregulated financial markets are far from the only reason the present turmoil is so significant. We still have to get through the immediate crisis. A collapse in financial profits so significant in the U.S. economy, a house price crash and a big rise in commodity prices are a combination likely to generate a long and deep recession. To tackle this danger, the Fed has already slashed short-term rates to 2.25%. Meanwhile, the Fed also clearly risks a global flight from dollar-denominated liabilities and a resurgence in inflation. It is hard to see a reason for yields on long-term Treasuries now being so low, other than a desire to hold the liabilities of the Treasury itself because it is the safest issuer of dollar-denominated securities. Some say the world will end in fire Some say in ice. Harvard Kenneth Rogoff recently quoted Robert Frost's words in describing the dangers of financial ruin, fire, and inflation. Ice confronting us. These are perilous times. They are also historic times. The U.S. is showing the limits of deregulation of finance. Managing this unavoidable shift without throwing away all that has been gained in the past three decades is now a huge challenge. So it's getting through the deleveraging ahead in anything like One Piece. But we must start in the right place by recognizing that even the recent past is now a foreign country. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward Wolf.